Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm and all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter 6 Daughters Another couple of months passed after the attack on her encampment without incident. Threedak raised her herds of Hartden and searched for pure coal to fuel her iron forge, but the surrounding tribes left her in peace. Every nudge tell she encountered hurriedly ran from her. Occasionally, they would beg for mercy from the Witch of the Swamp. She couldn't really tell whether to be proud or offended of the moniker. On one hand, they left her alone. On the other, it was probably meant as some sort of pejorative. Regardless, it was more than a little amusing to watch others flee from her, especially given that most of them were larger than herself. As a scavenger, she never had access to the same level of food that warriors and hunters did. Now that she could tap into the human's knowledge, she suspected that malnutrition stunted her growth. She was a lithe and skinny for a dodge tall, hardly a threat without her superior weapons. Finally, one day as she was using a leather and sinew net to sift through eggs of bogfish from the swamp to fill the pond that she dug next to Lament, the moment Threedak had waited all year were arrived. A juvenile dodge tall, barely up to Threedak's knees, skidded up to her on all six legs. She looked down at the visitor, recognized her own coloration and scale patterns in her upturned muzzle. The interloper flicked a dainty tongue, tasting the air around Threedak. Hesitantly, her pouches puffed out, her scales iridescent in the morning light. Threedak brought her nose close to the tiny Dutch doll, nuzzling it gently. It squeaked softly, scurrying back a foot or two before eyeing her up defiantly. Mother, she chirped indignantly, her tiny lungs unable to generate the true bass rumble of an adult Dutch doll. My memories have awakened. There is no need to treat me like a helpless whelp. But you are helpless, little one. Threedak chuckled, the rumble from her vibrating neck pouches shaking her daughter. Soon you'll grow into your memories and adult bulk. But until then, your teeth are dull and you are too small to wield a knife or a spear. A Starbuck could swoop down and gobble you up in one bite, and there's nothing you could do about it. There's no need to rub it in, mother, she bristled at Threedak, stomping her tiny legs and digging her claws into the moist dirt of the swamp. I may be small now, but I am an adult. There is no need for you to tease me. Fine, Threedak responded indulgently. What should I call you now that your memories have awakened? Bakai. She raised a tiny head up, letting her scales catch the morning light. Mother, I must ask, I inherited your recollections of Mar Apprentice and Mudit Singh. When I see the war with the invaders through their eyes, the sacrifices they made. She paused, memories nictating over her eyes and her nostrils bled in distress. Yes, my dear, Threedak nodded somebody had a daughter. I am at the last thoughts of ten more of those humans, their hopes to survive and carry on the race's thoughts and culture, only to be dashed when the invaders exited the wormhole behind them. I tasted the way their dreams were crushed. I can remember how each of them linked hands and began to pray with the shuttle tried to escape the invaders. 
None of them truly believed that they would survive the day, but each and every one of them tried to reassure their fellows. It was a beautiful final moment, one that we will memorialize as soon as our new society is stable, so that all of our daughters and our daughters' daughters will be reminded of what came before. I remember, Bakai lowered her head, humanity did nothing to provoke the invaders, nothing to wrong them or compete with them. They were peaceful, they didn't have that many warships, just a handful to ward off piracy. Humanity was never a threat. Do your other memories explain why the invaders attack? She gazed up at Tak, hope on her face as she looked for some sort of reason in the order of the war. You are only missing more pain, Tak thrummed, her throat pouches sadly. There isn't any reason behind the attacks. No one on the Ark knew why they came. Maybe there was someone higher up in the human government that knew those secrets, but they didn't survive the attack. As far as I know... It was senseless. Will we avenge them? Bagai asked, her membranes flicking as she let out a harm of sorrow. They sacrificed so much to escape the doom, only to fall here. It wouldn't be right for us to simply take the gifts they offered without seeking to right that wrong. I don't consider them gone, Threedak crooned, resting her chin affectionately on her daughter's head. Before I consumed the humans, I was barely more than an animal. Their thoughts and personalities have expanded me, and through me and my daughters into what we are today. Our forms may be Dutch tall, but in thought, at least partially, we are human. She glanced up at the morning sky wistfully. It will not be blindly. We won't make the humans mistake. We'll be unified in purpose and prepared for the invaders. I'm unsure whether to call what we do vengeance or simple continuation of the war that the invaders started. Either way, my plan is to end them so that our daughters may live free. Bakai hummed in agreement. Her tail swished excitedly. Threenak picked up the net of bogfish eggs, guiding Bakai back to lament. After depositing the eggs in the pond that would hopefully become a fishery, she showed her daughter around the encampment. Quickly, the two of them got to work digging clay and drying bricks so that Bakai could make her own home. Given Bakai's memories of civil and metallurgical engineering, she took the process to like a kitchen to air. Threedak was hopeful that Bakai's knack for planning and construction would allow her to take the lead on many of the projects that were slowing Lament's development. Certainly, better bricks and the secret to smelting iron would be appreciated. Over the coming weeks, three more of her daughters trickled into lament. Tash inherited the memories of Ashley Kooning and Dennis Bunnings. She was born a soldier and a leader with a calculating mind. Kantash didn't speak much, but as soon as she was introduced to Threedak and her sister, she began working on developing lightweight and disposable javelins to aid hunting in any future war. Five or two six days after Katash appeared, Dull Lass arrived from out of the desert. She was a bit more furtive than her sisters, but she manifested the memories of John Reeves and Stephen Igwer. Their lithe, paddling, Threedak convinced her shy daughter to take over the crops, fishery, and one or two of the hardened pastures. With any luck, when their small village developed further, Dull Lass would be the one to take over the management of civil service. Finally, Penracht meandered in. Penracht was a dreamer. Her personality formed from the memories of Brianna Rivers and Davies Brown, the Ox artists. 
She tried to help with whatever projects were assigned to her, but more often than not she would wander off and observe nearby animals or a particularly interesting geological formation. It wasn't that she didn't want to help with the lament's development, it was just that the mundane but necessary task couldn't hold her attention. Dak passed on rivers and brown because she knew that the society needed her art to glue itself together. Even if the martial culture she intended to fund would need someone to record the history of humanity for their daughters to learn. As the generations passed, the ancestral memories would fade and even the Dutch tell were able to keep the skills sharp. They would need symbols to coalesce. Without them, the Dodge Tal wouldn't be able to maintain the unity of purpose required in order to make the sacrifices it would take to face down the invaders. The winter was a harsh one, but with the help of her daughters, the men survived without any great hardship. Katash developed this Pietro, allowing her to bring down larger game at a distance. Dallas fashioned a wicker live traps that we used to capture Kithra, Smaller game fell than it began domesticating for the meat and eggs. Through experimentation, Bagai figured out the correct mixture of minerals to add to the swamp clay in order to make higher quality bricks. More importantly, she figured out the trick to mortar. In addition to the four one-room houses built around the main fire pit to ward off the cold, Bagai was well on her way to building a better forge, one hopefully able to generate the heat needed to smelt iron. Pengracht, well, Pengracht helped where she could. She did create some very beautiful sculptures from clay. But even as her mother, Threedak, was hard-pressed to argue that Pengracht directly helped the enclave's survival. The next year was one of great progress. As their food stocks grew, Threedak and her daughters sought out males, breeding with the animalistic vermin before driving them away from lament. She knew that if they were allowed to stay, they would just laze about and eat all of their food. The tiny creatures were simply unable to process the concept of planning, making their presence an active detriment for all the times other than mating season. Threedak watched on with great joy as her daughters awoke their memories and returned to lament, causing it to quickly swell to the size of eleven individuals. Each of her daughters had different combinations of memories and quickly found a slot in Lament's society where they could be most useful. Each and every one of them knew what waited them beyond the horizon, and that fearful knowledge forced them to work harder than any words of encouragement that Threedak and her daughters could provide. Despite the number of daughters that began arriving Lament, Threedak stayed closest with her firstborn. Bakai slipped into the role of lead builder, in charge of planning construction and the forge. Katash was the lead hunter and soldier, in charge of driving away rival tribes and ensuring that plentiful game flowed into Lament so that the new generation of eggs could be laid. Dallas led the way on agriculture, occasionally providing guidance to Threedak on matters of governance and dispute resolution. Thingrakt was the village's only artist, but she finally found a project which would occupy herself, working long hours in seclusion of wooden work hut that she had attached to her home. By far, the biggest gains, however, came from Threedak and Bakai experimenting with the new forge. Working the bellows with Bakai, she was finally able to blow enough oxygen onto the impure mountain coal to mount iron. The first thing they made was an anvil and a hammer with which they fashioned future creations. 
The second was a pick with which they could mine minerals their growing village would need. Tritak had been able to find some small veins on the surface of her previous explorations, but if they truly need intended to develop an industry society, mining deep into the mountains would soon be a necessity. Another winter came and went, nothing but joy and satisfaction built Tritak's heart as she surveyed the village of Lament. Her daughters had built her a new home, from the advanced bricks to honor her knowledge of all human fields as well as her position as Queen of the Swamp. That home was two stories, with a ramp to the roof allowing her to bask in the sun while glazing down upon the bustling collection of buildings. Her head perked up as she heard the scraping of legs on the ramp. Behind her, Katash exited the ramp onto the roof. Her daughter wore armor of boiled leather with small bars of metal capable of chipping a claw or tooth embedded in it. On her head was an iron helmet, polished until it shone brightly and topped with the rich black plumage of Kithra that flowed in the afternoon wind. Mother, Katash said simply, lifting her torso up and removing the helmet with her graspers. Katash, Redak replied, a very human smile on her muzzle as she turned to her daughter. Two years in and Katash already outsized her by almost twenty percent. It just went to show how essential proper nourishment was during the Dutch doll's growth phase. What brings you here, my daughter? Lament is growing, Katasha's voice was steady and measured. She didn't speak often, but when she did, it was never without reason. Bagai is providing the hunters with iron weapons, but it is becoming harder for our collectors to find materials she needs to create them. Soon, we'll need to expand. Let me take some of our sisters to clear out our neighbors. We will make them surrender to your will, or bring them here so that you may consume them. Tridak only thought for a second. She remembered how the tribeswoman of the swamp tried and the raiders both attacked her without cause. As much as she would like to call the Dodge Tall sisters, that simply wasn't the case. On this brutal world, there could only be the unity through power. Finally, Tridak and her daughters had that power. Do as you see fit, my daughter. Her smile morphed into a fang-filled grin. End of chapter and that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I'll see you in the next video. Cheers.